Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug, get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome to Season 3 of A Most Unusual Tea Party where we use the letter T to unlock a person's story, giving us an unusual look into the mystery guests who join me at the table. I'm Teresa Abram, a handwriting analyst and graphologist, and if you are curious about decoding the messages of the subconscious mind, then pour yourself a mug of something yummy and join me at the table. This season of the podcast, I don't know my guests before they join me at the table. All I know is their name, what their handwriting looks like, and that my mug is on hand. But before I spill the tea on what I'm drinking, you're going to find out who our mystery guest is at the same time I do, and you're going to find out what their love language is. So without further ado, let's find out who our mystery guest is today. Welcome to the show, Jennifer Vetter. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I am so glad that we could make this work. I know that we're working with a couple hours time zone difference. Whereabouts are you located again, Jennifer? I am from the beautiful town of Alora in Ontario, Canada. Right, in Ontario, a fellow Canadian. Whereabouts is Alora? Uh, so I am north of Guelph, and Guelph is about an hour west of Toronto. So you're over in one of those really populated areas of Canada. Oh, yes. Which normally is okay, but not during a pandemic. So I, I don't know anything about you. I know what I know about you from your handwriting, which does tell me quite a bit. But what you actually do for a living and who you are in day-to-day -day life, I have no idea. So tell me, Jennifer, what is it that you do? Well, there's so many things that I enjoy doing. Actually, my favorite thing to do is as, as an author, I, I write books. I have uh, two books that I have published. Uh, one of them is called Faded, which I published back in 2019. And the other one I just published last year, which is called This Ain't No Rom-Com. Kind of contemporary romance, throw a lot of humor in, I tend to be a bit of a spicy girl. So, you know, a little bit spicy as well. <laughs> but I'm also uh, a Reiki practitioner. Um, Reiki master practitioner and unfortunately not working at the moment because of the pandemic, but get lots of time to write. So there's a plus side. There are definitely the silver lining. So you've written two books now and you said that they are kind of a romantic with spicy. Does that mean like they are fiction or is it like self-help? Yes. Oh, it is fiction. Yes, fiction. Yes. Well, that is exciting to know. And a Reiki practitioner, you said. So do you know what Reiki is? I do. But why don't you tell, tell me about it in your own words? Well, Reiki is, uh, is energy work. So what I do with my clients is I, I work uh, with sort of a hands-on healing modality. Um, so they basically lie on my table and there's uh, some very soft music and I work through their chakra system from the top of their head down to their toes and just, you know, just sort of creates the perfect energy so that they can thrive. I love what I do. Um, I wish I could do more of it. I haven't worked a whole lot in the last nine months. <laughs> but um, I also do distance energy work as well. Not as much, but I'd like to do more of it. And yeah, it's just, just great for my client. It's great for me as a practitioner. It just brings us to our 
ideal vibrational energy. So that's great for healing, uh, whatever we need to heal, whether it's spiritual, emotional, or physical. Mm -hmm. I, I love how you say that. And you know, what's really interesting is now that I know what you do, and I'm looking at your handwriting, it's such a direct correlation, because one of the, the things about your handwriting that really stands out is there's always a connection. You do have your cursive writing is connected. One letter is connected to the next. There's some breaks for intuition and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it does show a very connected writing, which means you do like to connect with people. So you're talking about Reiki, which is hands on. It is connecting to people. It can't get much more connected. You really can't. It's really soul to soul work. So that's, uh, that's pretty bang on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's kind of funny. As soon as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see how that would be right, uh, right up your alley. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that, Jennifer. That's really exciting. If somebody wanted to check out one of your books or check out some of your uh, long distance healing work with Reiki, how can they find you? The uh, best way to look at look up my work is at my website, which is uh, jennifervitor.com. And Vitor is V-E-T-T-O-R. Yes. And my healing work uh, website is anchorwellness.com. Anchorwellness.com. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for letting me share. Ah, absolutely. It's always so exciting to find out where people are and what they do for a living. It's one thing to know about their handwriting, but it's quite another to find out how do they present in life and is it does it fit with their handwriting? So it's very cool. So Jennifer, what I want to talk to you first and mention about your handwriting is these lovely straight extensions that you show at the end of some of your words. You finish the word and then it comes out like at the end of person, the N is extended at the end of husband, the D has a tail that goes extended and it's fairly straight. They come out and they just extend out. There's not a big curve down here on the word bin. It goes right straight out. It doesn't curve up and around, which would give us a whole nother meeting. It just comes out and kind of goes straight. And it's quite a striking feature to see in somebody's handwriting. Now, were you aware that you even did that, Jennifer? actually no <laughs> and it, the funny thing is it's been so long since I've actually written in cursive yes and I wondered about that when I looked at this I wondered how long it had been because there are signs here that it's not necessarily the most comfortable for you <laughs> it's probably been years since I've handwritten anything so it makes for an interesting analysis because it's not what you normally write in and so there's a little bit of a struggle between your body remembering the last time you were writing and the impulses that were natural for it and who you are now. So there is a little bit of a push and pull going on in here. And I did see that in your writing. There's little extra marks in places. And sometimes there's kind of strange slants that go on and an awkwardness that shows we've got some push and pull. You've definitely done some changing since the last time that you were comfortable with handwriting. But I think that this little extension here, this still feels pretty natural and it, it, it is very fluid, natural, and it is consistent. We see it quite a few times. I'm always looking for at least three times and I definitely see it more than three times in your sample. And what that straight extension at the end of a word means is that sometimes you can be cautious. You are the type of person you might actually put the brakes on at the last minute just to reconsider a plan or to curb impulsiveness. I would say that's accurate. I can be impulsive, but also I, I will pull back a little bit before I make a final decision. That's what that extension shows us, is that there is that uh, you can be impulsive, but you also have that check in place where you 
there are times where you're going to stop and say, wait, let's just think about this for a second and then make your decision from there. Now, the other thing in your writing that I wanted to talk about is, of course, your T, because we are at the T party and that is what we love to focus on is the letter T. And when I talk about the letter T, I am focusing on the lowercase T, not okay. your not your uppercase T, because that's a whole nother ballgame, that one. But if we look at your lowercase T, the most striking feature about it is the fact that your T bars are almost always concave, meaning you start, you drop down as you cross the stem and then you come back up. And it kind of looks like a smiley face. It's kind of funny because even though it looks like a smiley face, it actually doesn't mean that you're a happy-go-lucky person. Oh, no. (laughs) It's always one that kind of gets me because it looks like, if you think intuitively, well, it looks like a happy face, it should be a happy thing, and yet it isn't. In this particular case where we see that concave where you're actually dropping below the line, because typically it would be straight. And that's what we would want to be comparing it to is the fact that normally a T-bar crossing goes straight across the page. So in effect, what's happening is you're dropping below the line and then you're coming back up. And anything that goes below the natural line of writing shows us that there's something going on that isn't sitting quite right. And in this particular case, it really shows me that perhaps right now you're feeling less than fulfilled and that you think you have a lot more that you could offer the world that is just not getting out there. That would be bang on. How so? You say it would be bang on. How do you relate to that? Um, I think just, you know, with my writing, I've, I've been a writer my entire life. You know, even as a very young girl, I was a storyteller. But it's just been in the last, you know, four years or five years where I've focused on writing as a career. And so, you know, trying to make a name for myself, trying to surround myself with people who support that dream that can help me move forward with that dream, such as agents or publishers. It's just been incredibly challenging. Um, And so there's a huge part of me that is feeling maybe a little bit stuck um, and that I have used, you know, every resource and skill and ability that I can think of. And I've gone as far as I can go in terms of my own abilities. I'm at this crossroads. Yeah, where you know that there's more that you want to do and it can make a difference. And yet, how do you do it? Exactly. What I find really interesting about that is when you're talking about that and you're saying, you know, you're feeling a little bit stuck, you don't know where to go. And one of the things that I had noticed is that not all of the time, but enough of the time, you're actually missing your eye dots. They're nowhere to be seen. They just kind of disappear. There's big blank spaces where the eye dots should be. And that is really indicative of somebody who's sort of, like you said, stuck. They're just kind of right here, but they don't have a bigger goal that they're working toward or feel that they can achieve. Okay. You do have some eye dots. There are some in places, occasionally. They are here. They float pretty high, which shows that even when you do have them, they're floating really high, which means it's kind of a pie in the sky. And that really, to me, when you're talking about writing your books, it's like you've got this idea, but you just don't know how to get them out there. So it's like way up there. This idea of getting your books out and really becoming a writer and letting that take off is really directly opposing the idea that you almost are thinking it just can't happen. You're sort of done. Oh, I hope that's not true. Part of me feels like, you know, it can happen. It's just, yeah, just, you know, who do I talk to? Who do I reach out to? Who who can I team up with? So yeah, it's there is this 
it's not a pie in the sky idea per se, but it's like, I feel like I need something to sort of bridge that. Yeah. And you know, it's called biofeedback, right? When we do something with our body to change the way our brain thinks, and it is a scientific principle where in a lot of therapy, they do biofeedback. And one of the things that you can start doing when you're writing is just watch those eye dots, bring them down, bring them closer to the stem, make sure they're there because that's saying, okay, I'm paying attention to detail. We're going to look at everything again, and we're going to look at it through the light of this is where it belongs and this is everything going in order. And so it starts to train your brain to start looking at things again in a way of saying, okay, this is achievable. This is doable. What's next? Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So just a little something there to share with you that if you start making, just pay attention to those eye dots, bring them down and make sure they're there. Okay. Sounds good. Your brain is going to start to say, oh, is that what we're doing now? Oh, okay. (laughs) Let's see what we can come up with then. Jennifer, you have quite an interesting eye because I think you start at the left-hand side and then you go up and around and end on the right-hand side, correct? Yes. Okay. So the personal pronoun I is very expressive and can tell a lot about somebody. And so when you start from the left-hand side, go up and around and come out on the right-hand side, that's actually considered backwards to how we're taught to do the letter I. We're actually taught to start on the right-hand side, go up and around and go to the left. Is it, That just seems so strange to me. And that's the beautiful thing about handwriting is certain things seem strange to you because it tells us something about you. And what that says is that you will, you'll bend the rules or break a law if you think nobody's going to get hurt. And I always think of it like you'll jaywalk if you think it's not going to hurt anybody and I'm not going to get caught. You're going to do it. That's interesting because there's lots of things where I will push against society but in terms of like the law, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not much of a rule breaker when it comes to that. So for example, like with the pandemic, when they say lockdown, I lock down. But, you know, in terms of other things, like I, I will push against society norms, things that people say, well, this is how things should be done. I'll be like, no, that's not how I'm going to do it. So a key part there is, I mean, with the pandemic and they said lockdown, there is harm that could come from that, right? And that's where it's like, you're only going to do it if you know there's no harm. Okay. Whereas doing the pandemic thing and locking down, there's definitely like for you, especially as a healer, you'd be like, there could be harm. So why take a chance? Yeah. That's not what you're going to rebel against. You would have to have a whole different set of handwriting for that to be in. Yeah. I mean, you know, I tend to be a, a little bit of, um, I'm very much a feminist. And, you know, if someone says you can't do something, I'll be like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not buying that. Now, the other interesting thing about your tea is because it does that concave drop like that, we also know that your primary love language is not going to be words of affirmation. And remember, your primary love language is the one that you feel most loved by receiving. And if it was to disappear, you would really feel unsure about the other person's love. It's not to say it's the only one you like, but it is the primary one. So this is uh, my love language in terms of not me giving, but me receiving. Correct. Okay. For you receiving it, it's not words of affirmation. That's not the one that makes you feel the most secure and most loved. And in fact, if your partner never told you anything positive, as long as he was still doing your other one, you'd be okay with it. Okay. 
Now, do you know your love language, Jennifer? Um, acts of service would be my receiving love language, but I show my love through words of affirmation. Intriguing. When did you take the test? Well, I've been studying the five love languages for many, many years, just through the work that I do. But uh, I just recently took the test and I was surprised to see that it did shift a little bit. Um, but I still feel the most love when, you know, my husband will offer me a cup of tea or he'll fill my car with gas or little things that he does for me. Those that really makes me feel loved and special. And, you know, he's not a man of many words. So I think maybe that's why. <laughs> that could be, hey. Now, what is really interesting about that is you do have the organization. So for acts of service, organization plays a really big part of it. There's no entanglement of the lines. Your margin on the left-hand side is fairly straight. You're not cramped. You don't run out of space at the end where you're squishing things in it. So that element is there. Mm -hmm. What really struck me, though, in your handwriting sample, and this might play into the fact that perhaps when you last wrote cursive, your love language might have been a little bit different, is from your handwriting sample, I would have said that actually your primary love language is physical touch. Oh, okay. Yeah, because again, we have that connection between the letters. That's super important. Most importantly, is you actually have a lower zone. And a lower zone is anything that happens below the imaginary baseline that our writing is placed on, right? It's like that line that we follow. And your lower zone is actually there. And you have lots of space for it. You have in your G's, you have completed loops. Your F's have loops. The G's are completed. Your Y's are completed. They're not making crazy shapes. There's no weird things going on down there. And typically when we see a healthy lower zone like that, it really does show somebody who enjoys physical touch and you're going to welcome both sexual experiences and public displays of affection, such as hugging and hand-holding and those kind of things. Yeah, that's very accurate. So that is accurate. You do feel that way? That, that... Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I really um, appreciate physical touch. I wouldn't have put it as my primary, but uh, definitely it's close second. Yeah, and it might have been when even, you know, you last wrote in cursive, because we were talking about, you know, it's been many years for you, that might have actually been a little bit more important for you, where if you were walking with your husband, and he shrugged off holding your hand, or, you know, didn't want to hug that you would have really felt that. that oh, yeah, that would not go over well at all. Uh, in terms of showing affection, he is way more affectionate than I am, which is great. But I tend to be less, you know, showy when it comes to things like that he would be the first one to reach out and grab my hand and it would mean a lot to me, but I wouldn't think to do that for him typically. Okay. That's an interesting distinction for sure. Okay. The other thing that I really see about your writing too, is that you have good energy and it moves across the page at a pace. It's not what we would consider stagnant writing. There is an energy to it as you move across the page. And again, that just shows that you do have personal energy and, you, and it stays the same all the way down the page, showing that you have stamina as well. And I imagine that probably relates back to the fact that you are a Reiki worker. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. The other thing is that you do have what would be considered larger than normal writing. So your letters are a little bit larger than what's considered average. I, I did not know that. 
They are. They're just ever so slightly, just a little bit larger. And that just indicates somebody who is very open-minded, social-minded, and expressive. That would totally be right. I think you said spicy instead of expressive, though, earlier, right? Would that sort of be the same idea? Well, yes, I, I am a very spicy girl. So when you say spicy, what exactly does that mean to you? So when it, in terms of my writing, you know, it's, uh, it's very, um, I'm not shy when it comes to writing love scenes. I'm not, I really do appreciate um, romance. And so I'm not, I don't shy away from it. Um, not on the page, not in real life. I, I can be a little bit naughty when I talk to people and lots of innuendos. I'm very expressive and out there. For sure. Yeah. And that's that lovely lower zone talking, right? That's exactly what that is all about, you know, in your, those G's and Y's. So beautiful. I love that. Now, the other thing that I'd asked you to do is to put a lie somewhere in your handwriting sample. And you do have something in there for me, correct? Yes, I do. All right. So just for the listeners, this, of course, is something I am still learning and I'm still practicing. So Jennifer, part of what we do when we look at handwriting is we will turn it upside down. And that way we're not reading the words. It's more just the form and the way the ink is on paper. And what really stood out to me was this area right here, because there's like it's inflated and it kind of goes wacky. There's a couple of different things going on where you say police officer. And I know that wacky isn't really a technical term, but when we look at it from you know, the right side up and we can see that you say police officer, that P is really inflated. It's got a lot of extra space, especially compared to the other P's and given the fact it's in the middle of a sentence. The officer, the F's are kind of, one is smaller, one is bigger. We've got different kinds of loops going on. Again, there's no I dot, which that's, not atypical for your writing. So we're not going to put too much of an emphasis on that. And then we have a little bit of a carryover line on the C. It's like a, a shadow line that happens where the pen didn't quite come off of the paper totally and it leaves a shadow line going into the C. So those all together say perhaps this puffed up P, either you're super proud of them or you're a little bit full of hot air. <laughs> so is your husband really a police officer? No, he is not a police officer. <laughs> that was a lie. So what, uh, what does he do? He's actually retired, very young, retired man. Um, he worked for Toyota for 30 years, uh, the, the plant in Cambridge, Ontario, as a group leader. So he just retired in March. Congratulations to retiring in March. That's exciting for both of you. Oh, definitely for him. I happen to know that you are very social, so having him home is probably okay. <laughs> it is. It's bittersweet because he does like, you know, he, he requires lots of my attention and I enjoy giving him lots of attention. So my other work slacks off a little bit, but hey, we're in a pandemic, so I got lots of time. Anything goes in a pandemic, it seems. He did ask us to... Um, write something that brought us joy and then i'm trying to remember something that caused us distress what was the reason for that so when you're doing something that you love and you're writing about it you're going to have one kind of handwriting when you switch to writing about somebody that you don't love or something that you don't like 
your handwriting changes. And so it's a good comparison for me just to understand where does the emotions play into it and what happens to your handwriting as you change, because your emotions are changing as you get into the mindset of this other thing that you don't like. And that's where I start to see some of the strokes that are negative. And that's where I start to see when emotions heat up, what do you do? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So it gives me a really solid baseline of what's sort of what makes you happy, what doesn't, and how does that show in your writing? Oh, that's so cool. For this purpose, it doesn't really show much other than for me. As I look at it, I can see very distinct differences, and it's a good reference. If we were doing a course, then I would take this with somebody, and then it's like now we start to look at it, and I would point out the differences for them. So when they're doing their journaling, they can watch for it themselves. Because and you know this really well too, Jennifer, you do energy work, right? Sometimes the body knows more than we know consciously and it comes out in the writing. And so if they start showing some of the negative traits, it can be a clue that that's where they need to do a little bit of work. Yeah, very cool. I actually did find uh, my biofeedback as I was writing this and I started to write about, you know, something I didn't like um, or a negative situation my entire body was tense and I could feel it as I was writing that the pen didn't flow nicely across the page the way it did when I was talking about how much I loved my husband. Isn't it fascinating? It's like once you really start to pay attention, it's like it's all impulses from our brain. So as we wrap up, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. I have got just water in my mug. I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat. It's not COVID, but just a little tickle. So I'm drinking water. How about you? What I am actually drinking uh, lemon and ginger tea because I also have a tickle in my throat and it's not COVID. It, it couldn't possibly be since I haven't really seen anybody for a while. But Exactly. It's like, I know it's not, but you know, sometimes these things still happen, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoy your ginger and lemon tea and that your throat gets feeling better, Jennifer. Oh, thank you so much. It was so much fun being here. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI. Hey, did you know that the best compliment you can give me is a referral to someone else? Please help spread the word about a most unusual tea party and my guest and share it with your network or someone who might find it interesting. If you enjoyed the show and want to know more about graphology and what Teresa is doing, be sure to head over to the website at www.handwritingpi.ca slash hashtag newsletter and subscribe to Handwriting PI's newsletter. You'll get early notice of future guests on the podcast. You'll see full samples of the handwriting and get more tips for analyzing handwriting on your own. And if you have it in your heart, leave a tip in the tip jar found at www.handwritingpi.ca. The Tea Party is professionally edited by the amazingly talented Casey Broda. If you would like to contact her or inquire about her services, look for at Casey Broda on Instagram. That's at C-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-D-A. And finally, if you want to have an audio handwriting analysis done, like you hear here on the show, send us an email at handwritingpi at gmail.com asking for information about our AHA program. Thanks for listening.